Hey there, it's July 2nd, and welcome to Episode 6 of the Brosane Pistons Podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. And we are recording live from... Manistee, Michigan. Manistee, Michigan, on a, on a family vacation. And we just wanted to catch up on the latest happenings with the Pistons and free agency. Uh, the, the most recent thing is that we've signed Jody Meeks to a three-year deal. And that's pretty interesting, and we can talk about how that affects the rest of other plans and other free agents we might want to put together for to build the rest of our team for this coming season. The the crazy season started on, as it's called, is uh, July first. Uh, that was when teams could start officially contacting free agents, and were and, t- and free agents could uh, can sign deals or agree to sign deals. Before that, teams weren't allowed to contact other teams' uh, free agents. So uh, now there's just this flurry and frenzy of NBA news coming around. Um, there's a little bit of of a freeze on the league right now while people. Uh, wait to see what LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony decide to do. And then once they announce their intentions, uh, a lot of other teams will give up the ghost on them and start aggressively going after the second, third, and fourth tier free agents. Now the Pistons decided to go the other way on that, and they decided to sign a a decidedly second or third tier guy. Uh, Jody Meeks, who was, uh, after Kobe Bryant was injured last year, I think started a lot of games for the Lakers under Mike D'Antoni last year. Uh, we signed him to a, a, a contract, a four-year contract that was... or A three-year contract. Oh, good. A three-year contract. So a little bit of a lower commitment. For, yeah, um, just over $6 million bucks a year. So that's less than Rodney Stuckey made. That's less than Brandon Jennings makes. But, you know, it's more than Jonas Jerebko and um, Will Bynum make combined. So, so let's just, just to put that into perspective, it's... It's solid backup. It's good backup player money, or a really good deal on a starter money. Yeah, and he was a he's a forty percent three point shooter. Uh, one of the he's a top twenty three point shooter, both in percentage and makes. He's an excellent free throw shooter. He's a little bit small in defense, but he's top twenty in steals. And you know, he's making use of half of our cap space, so it feels like a little bit of a stretch for someone who's not maybe a bigger name. But like you said, Alex, I feel like. It's kind of smart just to make a bold move for something that you that you know will help your team, namely in being able to spread the floor and improve our abysmal three point shooting of our team. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about why did we really make this bold move on the first day of free agency, and and it my guess is it came down to this: um, Jody Meeks could have been had for less by a lot of different teams. But that, that's the number it took to get him to not entertain other offers, to just sort of get him to say, okay, yes, I'll just sign with you immediately. That's my guess as to why he's being paid uh, what I think is a surprising amount to some. He, he probably was more of a hope to get the full mid-level exception in the, in the 4 to $5 million range uh, guy in most people's minds. So, you know, we bought a little high here. But... Um, Stan Van Gundy's highest priority, I think, in terms of getting new players this offseason is to get outside shooting and let us space the floor around Drummond and possibly Monroe this year. And, you know, this is a guy that can do that. He's not going to be be Rodney Stuckey, who you swing the ball around to him on the outside and he's afraid to shoot a three-point shot. This guy would love to shoot a three-point shot if, he, if you swing it around to him and he's open. Yeah, and we talked last episode about whether or not Lance Stevenson would be a good free agent. He still is a free agent, and he, he, he just not, kind of balked at a, I think, a four-year, was it $40 million contract from the Pacers? So he's much more, he's, he'd be more expensive. 
Uh, and this signing Jody Meeks probably means we're not going to consider Lance Stevenson, I'm guessing. Uh, but Lance would have been more expensive, and he's a, he's a worse three-point shooter. He wouldn't have really fit with this idea of spreading the floor and adding high outside shooting. He, he's probably a little bit more of a spark uh, and, and a tenacious defender, which I liked about him. But like I said last yeah. – uh, like I was talking about last episode, uh, even though I would entertain the idea strongly, with this in place, I'm definitely no longer worrying about that possibility anymore. Yeah, so, so my – Bottom line on signing Meeks is that uh, I was a little bit surprised at the move. I'm not. I'm not thrilled, but I can see how signing a 24 year old good three point shooter to a relatively low risk deal at only three years in length uh, is a is arguably a really solid move. We you put him in a guard rotation with Cantavius Caldwell Pope, uh, who's still too young to know what we've got in him and. Uh, you know, we're not going to have uh, a terrible shooting guard off the bench situation anymore. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what we've got and see what we'll do with the rest of our cap room. If, if uh, Before we deal with Greg Monroe, we have, I think, in the neighborhood of $6 million left to sign another Jody Meeks type of a guy. Um, or uh, if we end up signing and trading Monroe... That could really change things. I think we made one other signing. We signed a, a backup small forward guy, Cartier Martin, to a one-year deal. And we don't know too much about the terms of that deal. Um, but he's just sort of a journeyman backup small forward who's a decent three-point shooter and seems to bounce around on 10-day contracts. So he's probably not going to be you know come up on this podcast very much again, even if he's on the roster for the whole season. Yeah, and speaking of another sort of outside chance of having an impact this year, uh, we didn't. We, had, we didn't even bother having an episode about the draft because the Pistons had lost out on their. It was too painful to talk about because we it ended up being such a good draft year and we missed our first round pick for re- reasons we detailed before, uh, all starting from our terrible trade for Allen Iverson. But uh, we did get this guy Spencer Dinwiddie, which I I love that name. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and he he seems like a promising, like a pretty good pick for a second round, uh, a good shooter. Seems like a pretty solid player. Some people say he could easily have been a first-round pick in previous drafts. So it would be interesting to see if he could make an impact this year. But he's also a good shooter. Yeah, and he's a tall point guard uh, who uh, apparently, you know, an aggressive scorer, smart smart player. And um, the reason he fell to the second round is that he tore his ACL this last year in college. And um, it, so that's the that's the one-sentence version of him. Decent point guard prospect. Mid first round talent fell to the second round because of a knee injury. Now, uh, it's been my observation that um, a, a torn ACL um, is no longer a he was never the, the same again type of injury. When I was in high school, that was the case. Guys like Ron Harper, uh, he, you know, was a, an all star 20 point per game scorer, tore his ACL, came back, and had to reinvent himself as a journeyman you know, defensive specialist starter on some of the Bulls championship teams. You know, that's not really the case anymore. I think guys come back from ACL injuries and, you know, like a year and a half later, they really are going at full speed again. And, you know, years later, people forget it even happened. It'd be great if we kind of pick up someone in the second round who ends up really being an impact. Um, Speaking of the guard position, um, you know, Jennings kind of stunk last year. Um, We've talked about how he's been okay, but uh, another potential pickup that has been rumored is having interest in 
Isaiah Thomas, which is a, fun, a great piston name uh, from Sacramento. And he is a, this short, feisty guy who, you know, averaged 20 points a game, uh, has a high field goal percentage, is very efficient. Uh, you know, he, his offensive rating and usage per, per, percentage would put him among one of the best offensive players on our team immediately. So uh, it doesn't seem like we're afraid of beefing up our guard position, sort of hedging our bets about whether Jennings can improve this year. That's right. I think he he's um, he's probably going to command more money on the free agent market than we can afford to pay at this point. He's a restricted free agent, which again means that no matter what somebody offers him, if he signs an offer sheet, Sacramento can decide to just match it. So if we were to acquire him, yeah, it, 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 it would likely be for a sign-and-trade where if they don't want to pay him what he wants but and they want to get something back. Now, this is something where uh, one of the rumors that's been going around is that a trade involving Josh Smith uh, to, to get Isaiah Thomas could, uh, could be in the works. And that's, um, that actually makes a little bit of sense because while Isaiah Thomas was uh, Sacramento's starting point guard last year, if they don't think he's worth whatever he's trying to command on the market, um, Josh Smith is a pretty good fit at, at power forward on that team. They, they didn't have a real great power forward. They sometimes played Rudy Gay at power forward on, on small ball lineups, but he's a natural small forward. Um, and their big stud in the middle is uh, 24-year-old DeMarcus Cousins, who was like a 24-point, 11-rebound guy. Really good um, scorer. He was in the same draft as Greg Monroe, so uh, Pistons fans might remember hoping that Cousins fell to us because he's one of these guys, big talent, bad attitude. Well, he um, he's a good post player, good scorer, but he's a, he's a little bit ground-bound and not a good rim protector. Sort of moves like Greg Monroe a little bit, but he's you know, sturdier and beefier. Well, uh, from Sacramento's perspective, and maybe this is wishful thinking, but I think that um, a guy who can block shots at the power forward position like Josh Smith actually makes a lot of sense um, next to a DeMarcus Cousins type center. So there's now they would have to make another move and and fill their hole at point guard if they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. And, um, you know, who, who knows, they might be looking at a Jeremy Lin trade or, uh, signing Kyle Lowry, or who knows what they would do. It, uh, it's too hard to predict, but um, that that's a to have a, a viable destination for Josh Smith, where we get, uh, frankly, a much better player back, um, uh, an efficient, good three-point shooting point guard back. Sounds good to me. Yeah. One thing about having already spent $6 million a year on Jody Meeks is that it, it brings our, it basically means that if we're looking at more talented people. We're now talking about sign-in trades. So Isaiah Thomas falls in that camp. Uh, another uh, other people, another position we really could use help on is small forward. Kyle Singler was our starter this last year, and he's pretty good, but it's hard to. Well, he's not a great two-way player. Uh, Kyle, your 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 uh, memory is doing wishful thinking. Josh Smith was our starter at small forward. Kyle Singler should have been our starter because he's the only natural small forward on our roster. Well, didn't he end up starting a little some, towards he, the end of the season? He did start sometimes. That's right. But yeah. Josh Smith, when we started our three big men, Josh Smith was the, not so, a small forward. Yeah. So I'm assuming that we're get, that we're not going to try that this year, and we need someone at small forward. Assuming that we're going to find a way for Smith. That's to right. Play at power forward, and so if we are going to try to find a good small uh, small forward, some of the names that come up are people like Chandler Parsons. Now he would be awesome, like from from Houston. Uh, he's just really outplayed from what his expectations were when he was a rookie. Um, he's a great, he's a, he's a solid three point shooter. 
um, at 37% from the field, a great overall field goal percentage player, uh, just had a great season, really good passer. Um, you know, but he's the kind of guy who's probably going to get about $10 million a year at least. So if we were going to get him, we would probably need to sign and trade. And, yep. that, you know, that, that's probably a, a, hard, a longer. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have anyone that Houston wants. And so yeah. that's just, that's not going to happen. And um, another guy in a very similar situation, restricted free agent who's going to need $10 plus million at the small forward spot is Gordon Hayward, former Butler star who's been uh, toiling away in Utah. Uh, these past few years when they've been pretty bad. Um, again, they, we don't have anything they want because their only good players are, are big men, and that, those are the guys we have to give away, um, to give back and trade. And so it's looking and, like it's not in the cards. Yeah, but he could be someone you take a chance on because he essentially went from being a great three-point shooter at over 40% to being a closer to 30% in the past year, and no one really understands why. But, you know, that could be someone you take a chance on, and he ends up being as good as people thought he might be, and he would be a great – it could be a great fit. I, he, he he would be a good fit on our team. And um, there was some news today that Cleveland was considering making a max offer to Gordon Hayward uh, to try to build around him at, uh, uh, along with Kyrie Irving and, you know, Andrew Wiggins and all the other number one picks on their team. Um, so it, it's uh, – we're out of the running because of the Jody Meeks signing. Um, you know, well, if, if that was never our plan to go for a max guy, then well, if, he, if he's looking so at it. getting a max offer, I wouldn't be interested yeah. anyway. That's crazy. Ex- yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, other people who are who have come up that could Trevor Ariza. We've talked about him a couple times. He's getting a little bit older. He's pretty good, but uh, if we could get him for a decent amount, I, I'm trying to think about. We probably couldn't get him for six million a year. Nope. There's a lot of people who are after him right now. If, so He's going to get overpaid if he goes to a, a bad or okay team. But if he goes for what he should go for, $6 million, it'll be to a, to a contender. He's, quote, taking less to, to go for a ring. You know, he, he's a guy who could end up on Miami or, you know, San Antonio or who knows where. Uh, he's not coming to Detroit. So, uh, you know, one thing to mention about Isaiah Thomas, why would Sacramento want to get rid of him if he's 24 and scored 20 points a game? Well, he is five foot nine. That's uh, And there aren't that many five foot nine uh, point guards in the league, and there's a reason for that. It's because you get torched on defense. Uh, you, you can imagine if how much easier it would be for a Tony Parker going down the lane to hit his teardrop floaters if um, he can just shoot over his defender without uh, breaking a sweat. Well, uh, the one ray of hope for if we end up getting Isaiah Thomas is that uh, Stan Van Gundy put together a great defense with Jameer Nelson, who's also uh, a diminutive point guard uh, at point guard, building around a a dominant uh, rim-protecting center in Dwight Howard. Um, You know, maybe it's wishful thinking. We're hoping that Andre Drummond ends up uh, being that caliber. You know, from a fan's perspective like ours, we... We don't really have the information that allows us to predict who's going to go where. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have predicted Jody Meeks, but now that I see it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, exactly. He's just sort of one of a, you know, on a list of, you know, maybe up to twenty names that that a team could go for. You know, so I think you know if if we're just going to, uh, as Stan Van Gundy said, try to hit singles and doubles instead of a home run with our cap space, you might be looking at names like um, P.J. Tucker a small forward from Phoenix, 
or uh, Tabo Cephalosha, uh, formerly of Oklahoma City. We might be seeing some uh, names like that crop up on our news feed and have to do some research as to who the hell these guys are. Um, but these are what we're generally looking for is guys who can guard their position and can hit an open three, unlike many of the people on our roster. And, and those are the types of role players that, uh, that Van Gundy, I think, wants to build around. Yeah, so if we just run down our, our three-point percentage last year, Josh Smith <laughs> shot a lot of threes, and he shot 26.5%. Is just one of the worst three-point shooters when you consider how many shots he took of all time, really. Mm-hmm. Jennings only shot 34%. Singler shot 38%, which is getting reasonable. Which is good. Which is good. And then Jarepko actually shot 42%. But he averaged four points per game, so it's kind of like that means it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to really multiply and scale that up. Uh, KCP only shot thirty-two percent, which is okay, but yeah. not really great. Yeah, he he, I, you know, he's young and nervous. I think he projects to be an adequate three-point shooter when open and a decent defender. You know, I have high hopes for him as at minimum to be um, a, a decent defender and decent three-point shooter. You know, hopefully he can be even better than that. Yeah. So Jody Meeks is a guy who actually shot fifteen, who made point, uh, scored fifteen points per game, and averaged uh, on volume forty percent from behind the line. And he's not only a shooter; yeah. he's, he can he can uh, turn corners off of picks and, and make shots. He shot forty six percent from the line. So I think you know that's a, that, in retrospect, it's funny. Maybe that's why Stan Van Gundy has his job. Is I wouldn't have seen it coming, but in the in retrospect, yeah. even though it's a little bit high for the salary, it's not crazy and it makes sense. I I have high hopes that it'll be actually striking to watch our offense this year, um, be able to move the ball around, get it to an open guy, and have him actually make the shot. We had a lot of toiling away this last year, trying to pound the ball inside. We're swinging the ball around the outside, and it goes. It goes to Rodney Stuckey. He's scared to shoot the three, so he dribbles a little bit. It goes to Josh Smith. He's not scared to shoot the three <laughs> and jacks up a long two yeah. or something, and uh, and we miss. I, I think it'll just be a breath of fresh air to have some floor spacing this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, so we're talking about Jody Meeks here. I shouldn't be getting all worked up like this, but um, having a properly balanced offense uh, is a really great start. It's early in the free agency season yet. We we've used half our cap room, and the the other shoe or two have yet to drop. With the possibility of trading Josh Smith or trading Greg Monroe, uh, there's going to be a lot more to talk about later. But hey, we we've made a move, and it looks like um, we we paid a surprising amount, but we've made a move that actually makes a lot of sense and gives us our team something it needs. Hallelujah. Yeah, and not to end on a pessimistic note, but I, I will say that the one drawback that could happen is that you know Jody Meeks had a had a sort of un, unusually good year on a on an awful Lakers team where they had a lot of you know they were moving the ball a lot and had a lot of shots. So yep, the, I, the Mike D'Antoni makes a lot of guys. Uh, look, look good temporarily. So he could revert to the mean and end up being like he wasn't a forty percent three point shooter the year before. So, um, but but that said, there's been a lot of good things said about him, and th- I, I'm excited. I'm excited about this as a positive move. I was excited about just our season before we even made any of these moves. So just to see us have a good shooter on the wing to spread the floor, I think it's a good uh, good thing to look forward to. Yeah. So stay tuned. We just took our first bite in, in the off season, and many more moves yet to come. <laughs>